podcast, where we explore the backgrounds of interesting individuals and how they intersect with our building industry in Iowa. I'm your host, Ben Hammes, and I'm going to bring to you topics that help educate, develop, grow, and enhance you and your company. Welcome to the podcast, Sonia. Appreciate you being here today. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here and having this conversation. Yeah, it's a very important conversation. We're actually going to be airing this uh, September 10th, I think, the week, which is uh, National Suicide Prevention Week. So we're a little bit early from that week, but we wanted to put the content out there and make it available to our membership. Um, now, you're coming to us from outside Philadelphia, where uh, correct. you're running the organization. So let's back up, though. Let's uh, tell the audience who you are and who you're working with. Sure. My name is Sonia Bowman, and I am the Executive Director of the Construction Industry Alliance for Suicide Prevention. C-I-A-S-P. And you've been That's there right. You've been there for 30 years, right? Yes, at least. <laughs> Actually, it's been 90 days, just over 90 days. Yeah. yeah. So just getting started here. That's great. Um, you know, a lot of folks and a lot of listeners of ours um, employed in the commercial construction industry, a lot of our members um, are familiar with CIASP. I've seen um, resources floating around for a few years now, even. And so I'm glad to have the chance to uh, to talk to you. Why, what's What's your mission? It's a great question. Um, so I think before I get to the mission, I should probably give you a little bit of background on who we are, because it really talks about our mission. Please. Um, and so CIASP really started as part of the Construction Financial Management Association. And what necessitated the need for us to become a standalone 501c3 is that there were some t- statistics that came out in 2016 that said that there's a high rate of suicide among construction workers. And it's really four times higher than the national average. Um, and so that really kind of said, we, we've got to do something about this and really make this its own mission. So in 2018, we became a, a standalone 501c3. And our mission is really to be the place that um, is, uh, is a place to disseminate and to be the promotional side of all of the information that's out there in the construction industry. Um, for mental health and suicide prevention. And to really our, our ultimate goal is to create a zoo, zero suicide industry. Yeah, that's great. So <clears throat> let me stop you there and let's break this down. Do, do those yeah. numbers distinguish between residential, commercial, and let's say agricultural construction? How, do, how does the CDC define construction? So that's a great question. Um, And there are some breakdowns on that. And you can go to cdc.org and see those charts that sort of came out of this. Um, The Department of Labor has its own statistics. So within the construction industry, it doesn't necessarily break down commercial versus residential, but there are some pieces of the construction industry that have higher rates of suicide than others. Got it. That makes sense. I mean, we have the Similar issues when we talk workforce, we talk employment numbers, Mm -hmm. breaking down, it's very hard to distinguish between the two. But it seems to me that there would be potentially a a story to be told in there between commercial and residential. And I don't know what that would say, but um, it'd be interesting to find out those numbers. But as you said, we can find those. Now, you and I were talking about um, some terminology that we'd like to Mm -hmm. bring some awareness on. Um, I, I... I'm not going to say the word you told me not to say, so I'm going to let you explain this, but there's some very solid reasoning behind this, I'm sure, and I'd like you to tell the listeners about that. 
Absolutely. And it's just, it's really safe messaging and removing the stigma around certain terminology that we may have been using for years and years in discussing suicide or suicide prevention. So what we found um, with research is that terms like committed um, or putting a, a fail or a success rate on a suicide attempt tend to be stigmatizing. They can also sensationalize the conversation. So terms that are better to use or um, less sensational would be died by suicide or someone took their own life. Um, or even they killed themselves. And while that may seem a little bit harsher of a term, it certainly removes that stigma from someone as having the connotations that committed goes with, whether it is the crime side of it or the sin side of the word committed. You know, those things bring up lots of emotions in people um, and it raises that stigma level. So from emotional. a failure, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, go, no, please continue. I was just going to say from a failed or success side of a suicide attempt, you know, we don't want to put a label on what that attempt, attempt looks like because we want people to um, be open in having the conversation about that. And the way that success or failure would fall into that conversation, um, it, it sensationalizes the topic, certainly. Um, and so we want to make sure that we are not creating triggers or creating um, uncomfortable or stigmatized spaces within our conversation and that we're really becoming allies to people who need to hear from us the most. What, what, um, how do you, how do you communicate that effectively as an organization? What are you doing to get that out? Is, are there, do you have toolbox talks? Do you have uh, fact sheets? What, what do you do? All of the above. We do have toolbox talks and we do have fact sheets one of the ways that, you know, what we know now is that social media is a great way to put out communication and to share information. And I'll tell you, it is probably one of our most popular posts and the one that we get the most reshares and sort of engagement on is when we talk about safe language and safe messaging. Sure. We're putting, this is part of an, uh, a long going series that uh, MBI is putting together on um, different resources on health and well-being and, and mental health and a lot of things. And I think if we can help distribute that information, uh, we would like to do that. And we'd like to make that available Absolutely. to our members on our website. So we'll talk offline and and uh, get that going sometime. Um, Wonderful. The approach that CISP has that I was reading about is about, and if I'm if I'm getting this right, prevention, intervention, and postvention. Explain yeah. to us what that means. So those are really the, the three main buckets, I would call them, when you're talking about um, suicide prevention and mental health awareness. Um, and, you know, they they kind of talk about sort of that um, the prevention is all about, you know, sort of sharing the resources and putting out information, starting the conversation, creating a culture of safety, really. Intervention is more about screening and recognizing the signs. Um, and postvention is really about how you handle the aftermath of a crisis and what you do and what resources are available um, and, and how you create a, a safe space for the people that are dealing with their emotions after a crisis. Got it. Got it. Um <laughs> That's probably going to be hard for members, uh, you know, especially when they're working on the day to day. Um, but, you know, the the recognizable signs are certainly there um, when you're in the industry. So 
what do you tell people? What, what do they do if they see that someone, uh, maybe a coworker or a team member is struggling with mental health or thoughts of suicide? What do you, what do they do first? Do they call 988? Do they text? Do they find a friend? What do they do first? Start the conversation. Everybody wants to be seen. Everybody wants to be heard. And if you can have a conversation with somebody, um, and obviously you want to do it with compassion, you want to do it in private, you want to make them feel like it is with, you know, concern and, and desire to genuinely help. But they say that you should ask twice. So we all say, hey, how you doing? And the typical response is, I'm fine. So the asking twice is, you know, I know you just said you're fine, but Recently, I've noticed X, Y, or Z. I've noticed a change in your behavior. I've noticed that you have, you're much more irrational or that you're quicker to jump to a conclusion or that you are pulling away from things that I know that you've enjoyed in the past. Are you really okay? And then wait for the answer. And I think that as a society is the hardest thing for us is to really wait for the answer and make sure that someone is giving you a genuine answer. And if not, probing. Um, there is nothing wrong with saying to someone, especially if they have showed a pattern of behavior uh, that makes you really concerned to ask if they have a plan to say, I've noticed that your behaviors have become really erratic or they have become more isolating. I want to ask you, do you have plans to end your life? Contrary to popular belief, you will not put the thought in someone's head. That's not how this happens. What you will do is give them an opportunity to reframe their thinking, to stop and say, someone's watching, someone's paying attention, someone sees me and wants to offer some help. And then at that point, you figure out what the next steps need to be for them. And maybe it's call 988. Maybe it's to help get them in touch with someone or some piece of their employee assistance program. Maybe it's some peer-to-peer -peer support. Um, it really just depends on the situation. But there's lots of resources out there. Is there value in contacting, values the wrong word, but is there uh, an understanding or an awareness of contacting that that person's loved ones and and saying, I, I can't put my finger on it, but there's something wrong and that you need to do something about that? Is that an approach? So I think you can always take a partner for sure. Um, there may be times though, then where that may not be the best approach because that could be the source of the, the stress or the challenges. Um, we don't know what's happening behind closed doors, right? Right. Um, right. So I would always go to that person first and start that conversation and, and say to them, listen, if I'm not your trusted person, let me help you connect with who is your trusted person. Someone who can help us gain a commitment to your safety. Sure. Got it. Um, Let's shift gears just a little bit and let's talk about substance abuse and opioids. We've actually done a little education in one of our previous episodes. Uh, we've been talking with a, a company called Goldfinch Health and they specialize. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but they're they're specializing in um, enhanced recovery after surgery without the use of opioids and trying to address, I think, the prevention aspect that you're talking about. The, what what step has gotten them first? If it's an injury on the job that led to an opioid that's led to an abuse that's led to a a, a potential um you know death by suicide sure. um you know what kind of resources are you providing what kind of education are you guys providing as, as an organization out there on the use of opioids so certainly it's part of our strategy of course um you know we're taking that whole health approach um because you can't just treat a physical injury 
you have to treat the entire body and you can't just treat the metal in, mental in, in, excuse me, mental illness. You have to treat the whole body as well. And oftentimes those things go hand in hand and which is where sort of that substance abuse or opioid use come in. You know, this business can be really hard on a person's body right. um, and that repetitive use syndrome and all of those things that happen to um, make our bodies break down and, and are tired and the pain that goes with that. What we know is a leading cause of, um, of suicidal ideation is chronic pain or being able to, not able to get out of that mindset that they feel like there's no end in sight. So if we can help provide strategies for lessening the need for opioid, opioids, then we certainly are in a better position to help lessen the need for um, suicide prevention trainings because there'll be less suicidal ideation. Got it. What are your hopes for the future of your organization, quite frankly, and I'm just asking now generally, um, you know, our industry as a whole, uh, we always have a goal of getting to zero. I think in Iowa, our safety division has a goal of getting to zero fatalities on the job site. But absolutely, do we measure success by moving the needle? Do we become the, if we're that, you know, only three times is likely to die, is that success instead of four times likely to die by suicide? What, what, what's a, a measurable success in, in your eyes? So I think obviously anytime we're moving those statistics in the positive direction, right now suicide overall in the nation is the 12th leading cause of death. Um, and there it's a, I think it's a 52 to every 100,000 um, is the ratio for uh, construction workers who die by suicide. And you know it's like 10 to 12 per day. If we can start lowering those numbers, that's a win for us. If we're having conversations and we're talking about this and people are putting programs in place, that's a win for us. If we are getting more visits to our website or visits to our social media where people are starting to utilize the resources, that's a win for us. Yeah. Um, on a on a national or maybe even a state scale, but are you, are you involved in any lobbying efforts? Do you do you work with Congress? Do you provide any resources? What um, what's your past been? Um, so CIASP obviously works with multiple organizations out there that are supporting the advocacy efforts, um, whether it is the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, ABC, AGC, all of which are strong advocates. Um, NAMI, you know, there's I could list yeah. hundreds of organizations that are really working hard to um speak to our legislators and make a difference to get support for bills like 988, get support for mm -hmm. veteran service um, officers and to be able to really educate and provide mental health services across the board. That's great. Um, anything else to add before I kind of wrap up here? I've got really two takeaways I want to stress, but is there anything else that we missed on in this interview that you'd like to hit on? I really just want to talk about resources and say that our website is full of them. Um, there's lots of opportunities for, as a business owner, to go there and look for some resources. One of the ones that I would recommend would be the needs analysis, where as a business owner, you get to walk through your own checklist of saying, this is what I have in place. This is who's responsible for it. And really honing in on 
what kind of program you have and what gaps are left in that program, if any. And then as an individual who's looking for resources, we have a free mental health screening tool called our MindWise Screening. You can go on there and take that tool and kind of get an assessment of a baseline of how you're feeling. And then most importantly, our toolbox talks. They are, there's five toolbox talks that really talk about our stand-up to suicide prevention and are a great way for companies um, to start that conversation and really use them throughout the year, but most especially in September, which, as you mentioned, was Suicide Prevention Month. Oh, that's great. Well, Sonia, I appreciate you being here today. My biggest takeaway is trying to change um, dialogue. Words have power and they do matter. Um, you know, the removing words like um, commit or failed or or successful uh, or unsuccessful, whatever the terminology is, it's important to be very sensitive to the nature of the issue at hand. And, and it's a hard topic to talk about, but I'm appreciative of you being here and helping us uh, spread the message, uh, especially as we launch this on National Suicide Prevention Week and trying to raise uh, raise the issue in, in front of everybody's minds. So thank you very much for being here today. Uh, and with that, I hope that we'll uh, cross paths again, maybe have you at uh, one of our programming uh, in, the, in the near future. I would be delighted. And thank you again for having me. If you need to access those resources, they are at preventconstructionsuicide.com. Great. Thanks so much for the plug. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. It's been real. Coming on the heels of a very successful PAC golf outing, we're excited to announce that we have two sporting clay events coming up, one September 14th in Riverside and one October 5th over in Waukee. If you'd like to get a team of five together, please register your team on our website at www.mbi.build.